I'm going to do this. I'm going to run for the United States Senate. The time is now for fresh ideas and new leadership. I'm running for student council because of you and for you. That is why I stand before you today to announce my candidacy for president. Welcome to the Arena Talks podcast. I'm Lee Pettinoff. Today we'll hear from Celinda Lake. Celinda is one of the leading pollsters and political researchers in the country. Right now, it definitely seems like young people are more civically and politically active than ever before. But is that really true? That's the question we set out to answer. Over the last few months, we worked with Celinda and the Lake Research Partners to study civic and political engagement among millennials in the post-2016 climate. The research validated a few things we expected, but it also revealed a few surprises. On today's pod, Celinda will break down what we learned. Celinda Lake, welcome to the Arena Talks podcast. Well, thank you so much for having me. So let's start with you. Um, Celinda, you grew up on a ranch in Montana. Uh, (laughs) Yes, I did. (laughs) You graduated. As a Republican, no less. uh, You graduated from Smith College in Massachusetts. Uh, Where on earth did your interest in political polling come from? Well, it's really interesting because it started. So I always liked politics and I was born and raised uh, uh, Republican, although it was a different kind of Republican in those days. And, um, I, uh, and my family was always very libertarian. And, um, I thought of politics as something you could do as an advocation, but not as a vocation. And then I was doing my junior year abroad. I was going to be an EEOC lawyer. And I met all these expatriate Americans from the university of Michigan who were doing survey research and polling and the original authors of things like uh, the American voter. And uh, I got totally hooked on survey research and politics, changed from law school to graduate school, and the rest is history. And so, you know, we obviously live in a very interesting political time right now. Um, why did we conduct this research and what did we hope to learn? You, we do live in a very interesting time, and it is a time of great contradictions. Um, so we're seeing this tremendous amount of political and civic engagement, um, but we're also seeing some real lagging behind, um, and um, there is real concern that resistance and protest may not come to fruition in terms of real change. So the main objective was to gain a perspective and an understanding of political and civic engagement of 25 to 40-year-old Americans who are predisposed to activism. And we asked them key questions like what caused them, would cause them to get engaged, how they view engagement, what language to use, what are the barriers, what are the ways in which they want to get engaged? How did 2016 change things? And we were able to compare it to other research that we had done as well in the past about activating millennials um, and, uh, around running for office, et cetera. So we felt like this was a really historic moment to be looking at these questions. And I really credit uh, Arena with having the vision of taking this on in an overall perspective rather than in just bite-sized pieces. Awesome. So, Celinda, I've been hearing a lot about political polling lately, but I have to admit, I don't know a whole lot about it. And I imagine many of our listeners don't as well. Like, how does the how does this research actually get conducted? Well, so the first thing that we did was focus groups, which is small group discussions of people recruited and they have no idea what the topic is. They come for the money and the food and uh, they have the best time they've ever had because whatever they say is right. They're never contradicted. 
then they all get to give their opinion. And we did 25 to 40 year old um, minority women in Atlanta, Georgia, white men in Atlanta, Georgia, white women in Las Vegas and minority men in Las Vegas. And the goal was to really understand before we engaged in a survey, uh, where people's heads were at, how they were seeing things. We then administered a survey online, um, and it was a 1,000 adults aged 25 to 40 with oversamples of African-Americans, Latinos, and Asian Pacific Islanders. And I really want to credit, by the way, Arena, with, uh, at, we call it oversamples, but I think of it as appropriate sampling to get at the real diversity of what's going on in our country. And also to include not just African-Americans and Latinos, but Asian Pacific Islanders as well. The sample was an online panel <clears throat> of people 18 years old, and we drew it as a representative sample. It is a an opt-in panel, but we drew it to match the demographics that we know from census of 25 to 40-year-old adults. Got it. So my understanding of that is that, you know, you, of the people that participate in the online poll, you then weight um, the people that participate so that it matches with the overall demographics that it should. Is that right? Yeah, we don't actually weight it. What we do is we recruit it in such a way. So if we did a normal online panel, for example, you'd get more college-educated people than in a totally representative sample. So what we did, we could weight the college-educated people down, but instead what we do is we go in and make sure that we get enough non-college-educated people to be representative, similar people of color, et cetera. After all of this, uh, what did we learn? <laughs> well, we learned a variety of things, and some were just confirming of good common sense, and uh, some were really interesting. Um, so one of the things that we found that I think is very interesting, given the current dialogue, is that when we look to motivate people, even in a cohort 25 to 40, one size doesn't fit all. We need to tailor uh, the engagement process. We learned that men are really eager to be engaged as well. There's all this conversation about engaging women. For example, the, the organizations in Washington that used to have about 900 women sign up to run for office, uh, one of them, Emily's List, has 22,000 women now signed up and interested to vote. Uh, but it turns out that men are very engaged as well, particularly in this cohort, and very engaged as fathers and very engaged um, in terms of change. We learned that uh, politics is a real turnoff and that community and civic is uh, much, much more um, accessible. And we learned... Um, that this cohort is really an interesting cohort because they have the consumption patterns of social media like younger people, but they do not originate or pass on content the way younger people do. So we're often failing in our social media strategies because we're fooled or seduced by the consumption patterns they have, but actually the utilization and activism patterns they have are more similar to older people than younger people. Interesting. Let's let's talk more about that. What do you what do you mean by that? Well, they are very, very uh, heavy consumers of social media and on multiple platforms and changing very rapidly. But unlike Generation Z, who are um, under um, 20 or under 
2022. They don't originate content and they don't pass it on very much. Uh, they're worried about um, introducing politics and division to their personal networks. Um, they also, because they're not passing on content and originating content, we think of social media as the language and the currency of the millennials and the Gen Zers. And it is a, definitely a tool that they're very aware of, but um, they are less clear about what they can do to help uh, and what we can do to help to get them involved. Where um, the Generation Zers, for example, the younger, the youngest people, they're very, very certain about what they need and what they want because this really is their first language. For millennials, they're bilingual and um, it, and they're still less engaged in origination. And so they're not sure uh, what would um, make the biggest difference for them in terms of being involved. They do want um, a kinder public discourse they are very motivated by the right candidate with the right biography. And biography is very important to them of candidates or the right issue coming along. They also feel like they need more information and um, information that they can use, information that is readily accessible, information that is from multiple sources. Um, they find all the more trustworthy. Interesting. So in this cohort, the uh, 25 to 40 year olds, we found that, or you found that um, they're much bigger consumers of social media than content contributors. Is that right? That's right. That's exactly right. And even when they're consuming things, they are really looking still for the quick and easy things to digest because this cohort very, very short of time. And time is even a bigger constraint for them than money. And they're balancing or juggling, they really consider it more juggling, uh, jobs, maybe even multiple jobs, family, uh, uh, parental <coughs> responsibilities, but responsibilities for other people in their network as well. And so they really want information that is quick and easy to digest. Got it. And so how do you think that, so for all the, these new candidates who are running in 2018, how do you think that take, like, how do you think they should interpret that takeaway? First of all, one of the things that's really important is to talk to this cohort about the things that are important to them um, and to recognize that it's not one issue. It's not one size fits all. So really individually tailoring your communication, having some interaction where people get to identify their number one issue or the thing that they want to hear from you about. We thought of this cohort as probably a cohort that would have a much less diffuse issue agenda, but they have a very diffuse issue agenda. The two things that really, really appealed to them were personal economics and uh, children. And whether or not they had children, they were very, very engaged about children. And the men were very engaged about children. So their top priorities were full-time job, the benefits of the job, the pay of a job, and good safe schools for children, whether they had them or not. Making a difference in their community was not particularly high on their list. Um, they, this is a cohort where, interestingly, the cohort ahead of them and the cohort behind them is more broadly, expansively oriented, but this cohort is at a unique period in their lives where they're really, really focused on themselves on the personal impact and, and implications of things. The most global they get 
is their focus on children and the next generation. And they're very oriented as people who are thinking about themselves as parents or potential future parents. They're very oriented toward um, the next generation children and what kind of world we're leaving them behind. But the first lesson I think for candidates is for them to understand that it shouldn't just be about one issue. Um, you've got to tailor it that it's a diffuse issue agenda. And um, the second thing that they should know is that the candidates shouldn't make it all about themselves. They need to make it about the cohort. Uh, so this is a cohort that is very, very focused on the challenges and the life that they're leading right now, their children, their work, their lack of time, their lack of information, because they don't have the time to get the information. And um, it's a cohort that can really be appealed to by providing information you can use, by talking about them rather than yourself. And then the last thing I would say is... Um, as you're tailoring the communication, again, don't forget the men. This was one of the most powerful findings that we had was that, um, yes, the women are very activated, but the men are really interested in engagement. And they are more likely to say that they're more politically engaged. They are more likely to say that they want to become even more politically engaged. They wear the hat of parents. They don't just defer to that to uh, the women in their lives. And uh, there's a real ability to engage men that is getting less attention right now. That's really interesting. Let's dig in on that a little bit more for a second. So what exactly did we uncover in this research that showed that men are, are more engaged than we than we might have expected? Well, we asked a whole set of questions. We asked questions about um, how interested are you in things? We asked questions about... Um, were you active or did you want to be more active? Uh, we asked then how motivating different things were. And in every, every one of those categories, the past, comparison of your current activity of the past, your interests, and your engagement when you heard different things, there were a number of groups of men who were quite um, strong, dads, college-educated men, Democratic and Republican men, African-American men, um, married men, um, they tended to be more interested in engagement. They tended to say they were more engaged than they had been in the past, including politically. Women were very sensitive about political engagement and, and preferred vastly civic engagement to political engagement. But men were more enthusiastic about both political and civic engagement. They shared a lot of agenda with women, particularly an agenda around safe schools and good schools and an agenda around what jobs pay. And as we discussed different kinds of activities or different kinds of things to do, they were very responsive and came out on top uh, repeatedly. Um, and it's interesting uh, that um, while parenting was a barrier for women and Latinos, it actually was an engagement factor for men. Men were very engaged as fathers or prospective fathers. And it was actually work, interestingly enough, that interfered the most with men in terms of their uh, willingness to get engaged. Of everything we learned, what surprised you the most? Because a lot of what, you know, a lot of what we talked about, like it, it's intuitive, it makes sense, but there's some in here that's just really surprising. Of all of it, like what surprised you the most? 
Well, the male factor that we've been discussing really surprised me the most. Um, how disengaging the word politics was for this cohort. Um, I knew that it was very disengaging for younger people, uh, but I was really surprised how disengaging it was. Um, that um, agenda has to be attached to community involvement or political involvement. That just the appeal to be involved, I knew the appeal to be in politics would be limited. The appeal to be involved and engaged in your community was also somewhat limited unless it was attached to agenda. So they were very agenda oriented, very uh, oriented toward having an impact on an issue that they cared about. Um, the uh, social media behavior, the pacifism of this cohort really surprised me um, because traditionally when you hit your 25 to 40 or when you hit your parenting, you're more engaged. Our challenge here with this cohort is to move them from bystander to activist. And of course, with all the hype right now, you think of them as being very, very actively oriented. And there are some that are actively oriented. And the younger, the under 25s are very actively oriented. But this cohort is more likely to vote and then observe than to be active. And so for this cohort, it is actually important to show them that they can make a difference. Um, it is important to move them from bystander to activist. They believe that voting can make a difference, which the younger cohort tends to discount. But throughout, whether they're thinking about voting for a candidate, whether they're thinking about engaging a community, whether they're thinking about politically engaging, they want to do it because they're going to have an impact on an issue that they care about. It's the number one motivator for them. And so, Celinda, where do we go from here? Uh, you know, there's a lot baked into all of this. What if you had to sort of summarize and list out the key calls to action, what would they be? Well, I would say, and not in any particular order, but just in the order we've discussed it. One, uh, we are dramatically undertapping men. Um, and and um, so I would say, don't forget the men. Two, we have to individually tailor things. There's no one size fits all. There's no one issue that's gonna motivate this cohort. Men and women are different in terms of their focus, in terms of their barriers. Three, all of our instincts about social media are completely wrong. We've generalized a lot that is actually true of the younger cohort, the under 25s to the 25 to 40 year olds, but they are not the content generators. They are not the passer-ons that we had thought that they would be. They are active consumers and it is their language, but we've got to get them information and then we've got to get them to move from being bystanders and observers to activists. They're highly motivated by children in the next generation and men highly motivated by their respective role or actual role as fathers. Women very, very motivated by their active actual role or role as um, mothers. That time is the biggest competition for us. And for women, it's time taking care of family. For men, it's time at work. And a bunch of this cohort has more than one, um, more than one job. And then um, there is also, we haven't talked about it as much, uh, the whole idea of um, the kinds of things that are um, they are interested in doing 
uh, are also motivated by uh, core democratic values. So the values, it's important to enter this from an issue perspective and a value perspective. And the values that really motivate them are standing up for the next generation, a better future for our children, which of course you would imagine. But also uh, two other things tested really well that kind of surprised us. Um, the Constitution does not say I, the president. It says we, the people. We have to work together to make a difference. And united we stand, divided we fall. It's time to come together to make a difference. Notice in both of those, they were picking sentences that had make a difference in it. And this cohort really wants impact or they feel like I don't have enough time to get involved just to have my voice and have my say and feel good about it. I got to make a difference or I got to get focused on other things. And then, Celinda, if I wanted to learn more about your work, where would I go? How would I do that? Oh, that's so great of you to ask. Well, uh, first of all, we have a website. Um, and I, uh, it's Lake Research Partners. I, uh, I'm Celinda Lake, and I uh, tweet. And then also uh, going to ARENA to find out more about this research because there's a very comprehensive report and uh, I think people will find it absolutely fascinating in terms of this cohort and the differences within this cohort. And that report breaks out everything by different demographic groups as well. Totally agree. I think people will find it really fascinating. Fascinating. Well, Celinda, thank you so much for your time. I uh, learned a ton here with you today. And uh, yeah, excited to, uh, to share this with our listeners. Thank you so much. And thanks for having me. We were so excited to do this research.